Tune into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Okay. Televised Heroics, we're here once again talking about all the superhero TV shows and maybe a little bit more that you want to talk about. Uh, Daniel, what did you think? What's up? <laughs> What's up, man? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you, <laughs> just cut you off, but what did you think about the Suicide Squad uh, Blitz trailer? I saw you ask me on, on Facebook if it changed my mind. It got me a little bit more excited, to be completely honest. You know what? The same with me. It got me more excited for the for the movie. Uh, I I don't know. It's I, like I said. This, these trailers are going uh, make me excited for the movie, and then make me not want to be excited for the movie, and then they make me excited for the movie. So this last one, they I think they definitely picked a better song. Like not not knocking Bohemian Rhapsody because you know Queen is awesome, Bohemian Rhapsody is awesome, but I just felt like this this time around when the songs they picked for the trailer were better fitting. For the uh, for the trailer and for the for the movie, right? And I wonder if any of the you know reshot scenes were added into this uh, preview, whatever they could add. You know, I mean, they could have. That would have been really quick turnaround, though. Uh, who knows? It, they definitely could have some of the reshot reshot scenes, but they were just doing those reshoots. What last week? The week after <laughs> Batman Superman came out. So right. So it could have been there. I just want to say right off the bat that Killer Croc looks awesome. <laughs> See, I'm kind of the opposite. I think he's the, the worst looking part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. I think that's interesting that you that you, you, you like uh, the look of him. Um, what is something you think you're going to expect to see with, with that particular character? Oh, uh, definitely we're going to see him eating people. Oh, you just want to see him jump down at someone's <laughs> face, I bet, right? Yep. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, I still I still think that there's, there's going to be a lot, way too much of Harley Quinn and, and Joker's story in this in this movie. Uh, but reports came out that the a lot of the movie does have to do with Joker and the Batman, like more than we expected. Um, right. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I think. I think that. I mean, I still don't know who the the, the main villain of the movie is supposed to be. Who it is that the Suicide Squad's going up against? But I think it's going to be Enchantress. Really? Yeah. I think that maybe at one point she might have been part of the team or something. But I think she's going to be the one that that they end up having to go up against. Just from the, what the the bad guys in this trailer look like, with all those, like when when Katana cuts off that dude's head, it all kind of like uh, ashes away. Right, I did see that. So interesting. Uh, I, I before we go any further, I just want to say that I think that Killer Croc looks better than uh, Doctor Connors from Amazing Spider-Man. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, Ifrin's Rise, Rise Ifrin's, whatever that guy's name is, that English actor. Yeah, his uh, CGI lizard did not come out so well. Uh, I, nope. do, you're right. The the practical makeup on on Killer Croc looks pretty pretty awesome. I just and they they picked an actor that's huge. Like he's a big dude, so he could definitely be a, a Killer Croc. It's just I don't know. Just I don't know. He looks. It just looks a little too weird to me. Not the way I pictured him, I, I especially from the so t- from the from the TV show and the video game. Right. I think what just sold me was that uh, when they show that face up and his eyes actually close like a lizard, right. or like a reptile. Uh-huh. That's what got me. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's 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 good looking, you know. So I'll give him that. Um, some other news we saw uh, as of recent is that. Um, What's, uh, ben Affleck has turned in his solo uh, Batman script. Him and Jeff Johns have written, and uh, and it looks like he's definitely going to direct it. I know. So he wrote it, directed, and he's going to star in it. That's right. <laughs> well, did you ever watch The Town? Yes. Yes. Now, I mean, I kind of get that. I mean, you, you watch that, you know that he, he wrote it, he directed it, and he... He, uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if he wrote that or not. I know he directed it and he stars in it, so uh, I can only hope it's it's that good. That would be pretty amazing. I will say this from the town. Just when I first saw the preview, it looked like a Christopher Nolan movie. It it does. It has a very Christopher Nolan look to it. Um, so it even has a little bit of a uh, 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 Michael Mann look to it too. I think um, if you ever seen Heat, which Christopher Nolan kind of has a. Uh, has the same look in his movies as Michael Mann. So, uh, uh, I guess that's exciting. I, I think we last time we talked about how how I felt about Ben Affleck as Batman. I still don't think he's really proven himself. I don't think uh, he he's deserved deserving of all the the uh, praises he's getting as his, for his depiction of Batman yet because I don't think he really did anything in that in Batman v Superman so I think this is the movie that's gonna either have me shut up about Ben Affleck being Batman or being like I told you bastard so <laughs> <laughs> do you know when the standalone Batman movie is supposed to come out or rumored to come out I, I th- it's I don't know I don't know exactly when I think it's supposed to be one of those Two untitled movies that uh, was on that that got added to the WB slate. Okay, like late twenty eighteen, early twenty nineteen. Right. Okay. So whether or not they're going to be part of the 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 storyline for like uh, Justice League and all that other stuff, or if it's going to be its own standalone story all in to get all together, who knows? Didn't. Um... Didn't GT or was it uh, Franey on you know our Hey Mitch episode about Batman Superman? Uh, one of them mentioned right that they think it's going to be a prequel. I don't, I, I don't know, I don't remember who 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 said that, but it makes sense. I mean, there's supposedly supposed to be all this time that he was Batman before Man of Steel happened, so uh, it would make sense that that's when the movie would take place. However, there's plenty plenty going plenty enough going on. In this movie, or in Batman v Superman, that would allow us to to you know go from there. I mean, there's obviously uh, what happened to what whichever Robin suit that is supposed to be belong to. Uh, there's 
Joker's all already in 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 the story and stuff like that. So, and then there's also the Jenna Malone character that was cut from the Batman v Superman. We'll find out more when the DVD comes out what her who her character was, uh, whether or not it's reports that she's supposed to be uh, what was it Carrie Kelly or you know if she was supposed to be uh, even Barbara Gordon. We're just gonna oh man oh uh, I guess uh, to add on that um, supposedly. Uh, we might get lucky and select theaters might get the extended R-rated Batman Superman. Really? Before before it comes out on DVD? Yeah. God, can you imagine if they do that and I, they get my money again, I'm going to be <laughs> kicking myself. I'll, I'll do it, <laughs> but I'm going to kick myself all the way to the theater. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll do it too, and I might just complain even more if I don't like it even more. <laughs> uh, okay, um... Also, we added a new member to the cast, and this is going to this is going to impl- or this is going to uh, affect us directly as we are televised heroics because they added a new cast member to um, Iron Fist, which is the Netflix Marvel's Netflix show, uh, which will be part of the four Marvel Netflix shows that will eventually become the Defenders. So, Iron Fist, who we already have, our uh, Iron Fist uh, played by. Um, I forget what his first name is or, or or his last name. It's Finn. I know that. Uh, Finn is one of his names. But uh, we will have him joined by David Wenham, who you might know from Lord of the Rings, uh, 300, Val Hels- Van Helsing. Those He was in all those movies, and he will be playing a character in Iron Fist. Uh, it did say who. Wait. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna ask: Was he is was he the friar in uh, in Van Helsing? Yeah, he was the friar in Van Helsing, and he's the the guy in the he's the Spartan in Three Hundred that's telling the story that lost an eye. Oh, I'm so excited! That guy's hilarious. And he was the brother to Boromir in in Lord of the Rings. So Faramir, I think. Yeah, Faramir sounds right. Yeah. So. So there you go. He is... I think he's a talented actor. I, I, I like him in all the three of those movies. So, um... Can't wait to see what he adds to the Iron Fist story. So, who? I mean, you obviously know more about Marvel Universe. Who do you think that he would be? Um, well, okay, here actually it says he will be played Harold Meacham. I don't know who that is because I don't know the Iron Fist uh, comic books all that well. And I think, I mean, because that that's not really my fault. They can't really keep an Iron Fist story, book, you know, in stock because no one reads it. Uh, I think the last one was what uh, uh, Legend of the Iron Fist, I think, was the last popular storyline that, that Iron Fist had. But it didn't stick around. So uh, I, I don't know who Harold Meacham is supposed to be. Okay. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, you know, I really, I'm i a big fan of Nova, and Nova can't really get a good storyline either. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're right. Uh, was it Richard Ryder? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't really keep a, a storyline down either. Uh, but how about yourself? Any particular news you want to talk about that you uh, saw of interest? I know that you posted an article that unfortunately work was busy and I did not, <laughs> I was not able to read, but uh, 
you know, Natalie Portman is not returning to Thor uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, that's uh, the reports show that Natalie Portman will not be returning as Jane Foster in Thor Ragnarok. Um, neither it seems like sounds like neither will Jamie Alexander as Lady Sif, which is no. which is yeah, that's very unfortunate. She is incredible, and if you know, she has a very uh, very popular hit show on NBC right now, primetime called Blind Spot. Where uh, you know she's playing this kick-ass character, so the fact that there, she won't be, she might not be included in in the third Thor movie is really a shame. However, they have uh, cast someone else as the new leading lady in the Thor in Thor Ragnarok, and her name is. Let me pull it up here. Just give me a second. Should be coming up any second now. My computer is... Okay, Tessa Thompson. Now, most recently she was in Creed. She played uh, the girlfriend of Adonis Creed uh, in that movie. Did you get a chance to watch that movie? No, I did not. But I heard it's one of the best Rocky movies ever. (laughs) Well, it is a great addition to the Rocky uh, mythos, I guess you want to call it. Because, you know... You know, Rocky is not boxing in it. He's a uh, um, he's a trainer in the movie, so it, it's really cool. Like, because I mean, the mirror, the movie itself mirrors the first Rocky. Just instead of being Rocky, it's uh, Adonis, the son of Apollo Creed. So it's uh, very much so the same, almost the same story. But uh, Tessa Thompson, yeah, she she was in that movie and she she did really incredibly well. She was also in a uh, indie comedy last year called. Uh, Dear White People, which is hilarious if you get a chance to watch it. I think it's on Netflix. And uh, she, I remember from, I know she's done other things, but one of the other things I remember from is from the TV show Veronica Mars from about 10 years ago with Kristen Bell. So she's okay. uh, she's had quite a career. Uh, who she'll be playing in Thor Ragnarok? I have no idea. The article doesn't go into that. Huh. I mean, there's there's still a few Asgardian characters that are probably around that that could be that she could play, and then there's more than likely some uh, uh, some civilian female characters that aren't Jane Foster that she could be playing. Right. <laughs> I just hope that you know, and I don't want to sound like one of these, um, you know, people that are one of these social justice warriors. I just don't want her to be another uh, damsel in distress character, though. You know what I'm saying? You mean another Lois Lane, since that's all that Batman v Superman gave us? <laughs> yes, exactly. The Batman v Superman Lois Lane, and or the Man of Steel Lois Lane, for that effect, uh, is pretty much just a damsel in distress most of the time. She gets, what, caught and almost killed three times in that movie, and Superman has to save her? Ridiculous. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, there's that. Uh, wasn't there another story that you had that you wanted to talk about? Oh, God, I memory of a goldfish today. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, one thing I did see was that, um, and I posted this to our Facebook, was that uh, a recent interview with Charlie Cox when they were doing their press junket in uh, Paris, Charlie Cox of Daredevil fame said that you can expect the Defenders to start filming in January of 2017. So that series is going to be coming sooner than later. The only, but but also expect that you won't ever see a crossover be, between the Defenders and the Avengers anytime soon, anytime in the near future. Which makes me pretty sad. <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate, but I 
I want the two to, to cross over at some point. It would be cool just to, just for the visuals. But we are dealing with so many characters in this Marvel Cinematic Universe already that it would just it's just getting too ridiculous. Like if these defenders showed up in Infinity Wars Part Two, could you imagine what that movie is going to be like with all these people in it? Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> absolutely right. And you know, I wonder how you know Civil War is gonna you know keep it all concise and you know try to make it work with so many characters on screen right now. I mean, look at uh, Civil War alone. They already had to get rid of some characters. I mean, Thor and Hulk aren't going to show up in that movie. So, I mean, that's already part of your, what, two members of your six Avengers that that doesn't even get to show up, doesn't even get to be in the movie. I mean, they already know that you can't have too many people in these movies. Right? No Fantastic Four either. (laughs) Exactly. So, there you go. Um... I think the one last thing I want to talk about for news-wise is that it's not really news, and I think that it's being blown up way too much for what it was, but uh, Jason Momoa uh, Instagrammed out a video of himself working out earlier this week, or it was yesterday or something like that, and in, in the description it says, have to start, or have to start building or something like that. Uh, gotta get strong watchtower. Like, it doesn't even say, like, for the watchtower or anything like that. It just says watchtower. So a lot of people are saying that, uh, maybe that means the watchtower is gonna show up in the Justice League movie. Watchtower being the, um, you know, the headquarters in outer space that the Justice League uses. Wow, okay. <laughs> that makes, like, no sense. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a completely weird Instagram video that I thought. I mean, the the description was really weird. So uh, I think a lot of I mean, that's what a lot of people are are t- interpreting it as. I just think that maybe uh, something autocorrected wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, shit, like the guy doesn't really have to work out anymore. We saw him. Uh, we saw his panel at Phoenix Comic Con. The dude was already huge. <laughs> well, it's true, but you can't just like not work out you gotta you gotta work out to keep that size you know okay well he doesn't have to get any bigger (laughs) uh that was true you know what was it he was talking about at that phoenix comic con last year was it last year yeah yeah it was last year he was talking about how the size that he was for cal drago is completely different from the size that he was from conan even though they were big muscular guys like conan was a little bit more uh, Svet, he was more, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, cut, whereas Cal Drago was just beefy, and like I think that's kind of the same look that he's going for Aquaman. I don't think he's going to try and do the Conan version. I think he's going to do a little bit more uh, Cal Drago. Okay, so we'll have to see. Uh, but if there's nothing else that you want to talk about. Uh, anything that came up within the last couple of seconds, we can get straight on to Arrow. Dude. Okay, I think the, I mean, a lot of things happened in this episode, but the main thing we want to talk about is the death. You know, we finally get to find out who that gravestone was. Yep. <laughs> 
So I, I mean, I brought it up on our Facebook, and you know, there are a few people that had to had something to say. We had Andy talk about how he really felt like completely down that uh, they ended up killing off Laurel Lance. Um, I'm not gonna lie when when the first mm, I want to say two seasons of that show, probably all the way up until the beginning of this season, I had my problems with Laurel Lance. Like the first two seasons, she was very whiny. I was just she was just grating on my nerves. Uh, the next two seasons, she she gets into the whole vigilante part of her, her persona and you know wants to uh, learn to fight. And when she was learning to fight from Wildcat, I was enjoying that you know some to, to, to the most part for her character. But like she she kept going on with this you know I. I deserve, I, I'm entitled, I blah, blah, blah. And it just, it kind of just irked me more. Um, but when she finally was able to hold her own with, you know, uh, Ollie and John and uh, Thea as a, as a crime fighter, I was enjoying it. I thought she was doing great as, as Black Canary. I, I want to, you know, I give it to you, too. Um, I completely agree. You know, in the first couple of seasons, all she was really was, you know, the whole love triangle thing between Tommy, which I actually do miss, Ollie, and, you know, her. That was the original love triangle in the show. And, yeah, she was whiny. She was needy. And when she started crime fighting, you know, I just felt like, you know, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. You know, you're going to get yourself killed. But once she started training with... um Oh God! With, uh, with the League of Assassins girl, I forgot her name. Jesus Christ! Oh, uh, Nissa. Yeah, when she trained with Nissa, you know, she actually was able to hold her own even more so. Right. And I, I grew to respect her and like her, and now I feel like, I feel like I was robbed. I, I, I exactly. I think we. It felt like that we we lived through so much of the bad part of her that now they're taking her away from us from the good part of her that. It, it really, it really sucks. Um, we had another, you know, person on our uh, our Facebook, Michael. Michael Owen said, you know, you know, this is all nonsense. She's not dead. This is a comic book TV show. People don't die; they all come back to life. And uh, we, I, we, we can't argue with that. We've had, we've had uh, Thea die, come back to life. We had uh, uh, Sarah die, come back to life twice. You know. <laughs> Uh, there's there's plenty of people that die in the show and and come back and we don't have to we is there's nothing that that means that it's permanent. However, I do believe I saw an article the day after the episode aired and it's in the 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 showrunner said that her death wasn't faked. So her death wasn't wasn't faked? Right, like she actually died. Is that what it's what it's saying? Like it's not, she's not going to be coming like coming back. Is what I think was what the article was saying. I didn't get to read it. I only saw the headline. Oh shit! But what so do you? It would be a permanent thing. Now, in a in a in a TV show where we have multiple universes and we have uh, time travel and you know things like that, there's still chances of her coming back, and you know for whatever reason and. I, I just don't feel that I, I I don't feel like I can count on the fact that she's going to come back. I still feel like she died. 
Yeah, and I and I feel the exact way. And you know, they learned that now they're obviously there isn't a Lazarus pit since it got destroyed. What they learned, you know, she's gonna go through the same thing as Sarah if they throw her dead body into Lazarus pit. So can't you know use that anymore either. So I, you know, I just felt like her death was too soon. And yeah, there's no way of coming back from this. Yes, exactly. And so I mean. It's funny because I think when we first saw we saw the first episode of the season and they did the whole six months later with the gravestone between you and I, I think we went through everybody in the cast of who could be in that grave other than Laurel. <laughs> yeah, because I, I really didn't think that, you know, I, I think I guess in the back of my mind is they always kept the idea that. Uh, Ollie would would still end up with Black Canary at some point because that's how it is in the comic book. The two of them are destined to be together. You know, that's like that's like having a Superman show and killing off Lois Lane in the second season. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you just don't do it. The the two of them are supposed to be together. So, you know, the fact that I saw another person, I saw um, the the website or the blog Geek Girl Rising wrote in. She wrote an entry or an article talking about how she feels that this is the show responding to shippers. That because of the beginning of the when when uh, Felicity first showed up, you know there was such a big movement on the internet and by shippers in general to have uh, Ollie and Felicity get together. That it totally pushed past the the history that exists for Laurel and uh, Ollie to, to be a couple. And it uh, now this is the result is 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 Black Canary dying and Alicity being a thing. Ah oh, man, I guess you know Alicity is never going to end. And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of strange for a character, Black Canary, Dinah Lance. You know, in the comic books, Dinah Laurel Lance, if you uh, do her full name, um, not only is a Justice League member but original. Justice League member, a founding member. She was in the Golden Age, a founding member of the of the Justice League, and then in the uh, the post crisis age, a founding member of that Justice League. However, in the post New Fifty Two, she was not a founding member of the Justice League. And I just want to add on add on to this too. Was, um, you know, she was a big part of uh, the whole Young Justice series because she did spend time training. You know the young superheroes too. That's that's correct. You know for uh, for a show that's very popular now, um, that is uh, she did have a big part in that. Um, yeah. So, what did you what do you think of the fact that you know what was our big our big point of of trying to figure out who the grave who was in that grave was the the interaction between him between Ollie and Barry. How do you feel now about Barry walking right. up and just saying? Uh, you know, I I heard I, I I understand that you guys had a relationship or something like that. You know, yeah, they they were in love for the longest time. Ollie Laurel was the whole reason Ollie got off that island. Like he, he even talks about it in the episode how he looked at her picture almost every day to get off that island to survive. Yeah, it, I I. With that, with Barry just saying like, "Oh, I'm sorry. This I know this person meant a great deal to you." I feel like that was just, you know, disservice to 
not only the characters, but to us as well, because we know that history and that relationship between them two. And for Barry to just say something so simple, just like that, that pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, you could totally say that they're underplaying it so that you don't figure out who it is. But yeah, you under they underplayed it so much to the point where it's it's almost insulting to their relationship. Like it, it it's that's uh, to me it is quite harsh that you would say the, the way that he put it like that. I mean, <laughs> especially for Barry, a, a character who's written to who who falls in love very deeply when he does, you know, look at the way he yeah. falls for Iris, the way he fell for Sp- uh, Patty, you know, those characters, he, he fell for them hard. So, uh, just nonchalantly be like, Oh, uh, I, I heard you guys were, you know, you, you had a relation, you had, you had something or whatever it was. I can't even think of it right now. And you know, the, the, and I'm going to say this too, just uh cut back to uh blackest night. You know, he got the he got the blue ring of hope. And, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for someone, you know, to get, I feel like to get that ring has to be always constantly positive, no matter what happens. And you know, I feel like he didn't even try. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you, what, you know. I guess you could say that Barry, which or Ollie, should have been like, "Hey, uh, Barry, you know that whole time travel thing that you do. How about how about doing that right now?" But uh, I, I'm guessing Barry probably would have been like, "Yeah, you know, if you go back in time, these uh, ghost like uh, race start chasing you. So <laughs> I don't want to do that." <laughs> But fair oh, enough. Man. Uh, anything else that particularly happened in that episode was, uh, oh, the betrayal. You know, there you, Andy, Aunt, John's brother Andy betrayed them. Like we thought that he was, he was good. We thought he was on our side, and boom, Ollie was right. All along. Well, at first he's like, no, you should give a chance, and he's like, no, don't trust them. You know, that's that's fair. That is a good thing to bring up. John, for the you know, at the beginning was like, no, he's he's gone, he's far gone, he's a bad dude. And Ollie was the one that kept there, kept sitting there pushing him to be like, you got to give your brother a second chance, you gotta you gotta let him, uh, you know, try and be your brother again. And as soon as he did, uh, then the, the roles were reversed, and now Ollie all of a sudden has this inkling that Andy is not a good guy. And John's like, no, he's my brother. I will protect him. It's like, really, you were willing to shoot him. Just you know, two weeks ago, and I had to stop you from shooting him. So it's uh, that's pretty incredible the 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 turnaround there and, and feelings, John. Yeah, and also just uh, one last thing, man, is uh, poor Officer Lance. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, he's lost his one daughter twice, and now she's somewhere off in time. Just, you know, never to be seen again. And now his second daughter's dead. And damn, when he collapsed in that hospital hallway, I thought he was going to die too. I like, I thought his heart was going to give out. It's It was so heartbreaking just seeing him collapse like that, man. <laughs> uh, so what do you think was the thing that, that, uh, that Laurel told, told Ollie before she died? I mean, it was very, it was very a very precarious like cut away like they she's like and one last thing all i want to tell you or i need you to keep this secret or whatever and then boom all of a sudden 
hospital b- bells and whistles are going <laughs> off and she's dying. I mean, that's our new I, mystery now. It's going to be what what did Laurel tell him? <laughs> maybe maybe clo- close to death she found out that Damien does have a weakness or maybe, you know, she was going to say something along the lines like, you know, since she was already talking about love, maybe she was going to say something more uh, pertaining more to, you know, Ollie and Felicity's relationship, even though she was talking about it then and there as well. I mean, yeah, that that definitely could have been. You know, she's like, make me this promise that you'll try and work it out with Felicity kind of thing like that. But, uh, you know, a lot of people were speculating that basically was uh Let's try and do this thing where I fake my death, and 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 Dark won't expect me to be there when I when I need to do the killing blow or something like that, you know. But I don't know. They were doing uh, everything they could <laughs> in that hospital bed to to revive her, and she she was uh she was gone. So yeah, you know who they need to call? I, yeah, Constantine. <laughs> Exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> yes, John Constantine <laughs> needs to come back to Star City and help them take care of fucking uh, D- Damian Dark. This is ridiculous already. Uh, I can't believe that he's not there. And for our listeners, thinking I was gonna say Ghostbusters, no, we've been demanding <laughs> Constantine all goddamn season. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, so why do you think it is that in the flashbacks, the totem that's in the flashbacks is the same totem that Damien Dark needs or uses? Like, we saw in Legends of Tomorrow, Damien Dark was, was alive and looking the same age in 1975 at that, at that, uh, arms deal, that arms auction you would think that he'd already have his magic totem. And then all of a sudden the totem is also on Lian Yu where, so that writer can pick it up. You know, since this whole season has been revealed, you know, basically surrounded by magic, uh, maybe he, he, because he, when you see him without his magic, do actual hand to hand combat, he could put up a good fucking fight. So what if he actually knows um, he has to know uh, Ra's al Ghul or Raish? Well, he right? was, according to yeah. last season, the season before, uh, he was part of the League of, League of Assassins. So, I mean, I guess that, that could be it, that him and, and Raish both were using the Lazarus Pits to, to stay young. And then when he broke away from the League of Assassins, he went and found a totem to keep himself young and powerful. Yeah, because I think that totem, you know, since you have to, since it demands a sacrifice, the sacrifice might may uh, could probably give you the obviously gives you those powers, but can also maybe potentially even restore your youth. Definitely, I mean, yeah, that's obviously what what I mean. That, that could definitely be what it is. Um, so there, there you go. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Arrow? I think we we covered most of it. I think we got all of it too. Okay. Uh, we'll have to see. Maybe, maybe this has just been a big red herring, and maybe there's actually someone because they didn't go to the the grave site at the end of the episode and show us Dinah's uh, or Laurel's uh, name on the grave, right? Right. They didn't go to the graveyard uh, to the grave site, um, but I think in Canary Cry, um, it shows the grave. 
Oh, well then never mind. I was going to say <laughs> maybe maybe they're they're just a red herriness and then uh, someone else is going to die at the end of the season and they're the ones that are actually in the grave. Uh, but, you know, we, we who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, Marvel's, Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh this was the this was a pretty I thought it was a pretty great episode with uh you know um the whole guy that could basically seize a person's death. That was his inhuman ability. Oh man, the weight that he must carry. <laughs> right? And like when the guy was trying to give him a uh, a couple dollars just to uh just to uh because he was feeling sorry for him, he's like, "No, no, don't do this, don't, don't make me." And he's like, he, he barely touches him, and that guy basically sees his own death. Uh, and from that, he calls, uh, he gets the shield agents to show up, mostly Daisy, because he said Daisy's name over nine one one call. And uh, because of that, they get whole wrapped up into this thing. Daisy ends up touching uh, the dude's hands, and he she start ends up seeing uh, his death. You know, I think they were, I think at first they were unclear that whose death that they were showing. And I think that might have been on purpose because you, you think that it's supposed to be Daisy's death. And then uh, when they talk to his wife, they, they're talking about how he, the first time he touched his wife's hands, they, they saw her mother's death, her, her mother's death and not her own. Right. So it's not necessarily the person that you touch that you see the death. So when he saw, she saw, saw what her, she thought was her own death. She was seeing his death. And just like Lincoln has said a couple times in this season so far, or at least the second half of the season is that people, when they became inhumans, they get the death or they get the power that's needed for the universe to be corrected instead of the power that they want, or it's not just random. Which was pretty fucking deep, <laughs> you know. And I also thought that was interesting because what kind of what what kind of or basically what does that say about uh, Doctor Andrew, you know, uh, and uh, why he becomes Lash? Why is Lash something that the universe needs? Is it because there's way too many Inhumans now, and the and they the universe wants to balance it out, so he is a monster that basically hunts down Inhumans and kills them. I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting the way that he keeps he keeps putting it that it's 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 uh that the universe decides which powers are needed at the moment. Um I think so what we also have is this big uh chess game that's being played by I don't know what we could we're we're gonna call him. How about Demon Ward? <laughs> <laughs> uh because he's he's moving pieces around which include um Malik and Colson and May and you know Daisy and all these people, even uh, the guy who sees death, uh, to a point that's it's very uh, Machiavellian. I, I mean, I guess you could say it's he uh, he makes it so that he knows that there's a camera right there. He knows that uh, Fitz's camera is standing right behind him. He turns around just for the second so that Colson and 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 May can see. That he is still alive, that Ward is alive, and it freaks them out. <laughs> uh, which I mean, it would freak me out too. When last thing you knew, Coulson supposedly killed him on another planet across the universe somewhere, right? <laughs> uh, and and of course, his power is really fucking weird. When he his 
skin comes off of himself and eats the skin of other people and ugh, basically gives him more life energy. Uh, yep. makes it making him more powerful. And then Malik gets an exoskeleton, which is this supposed to be this? I think it's supposed to be, you wouldn't know because you didn't see the first seasons. I think it's supposed to be the same company that, uh, uh, created the Deathlock um, cybernetics. So Malik puts on this exosuit and he's got super strength and able to bat people around and crush a dude's head with his hands. And just, ugh, it was gross. Almost uh, <laughs> mountain esque from the Game of Thrones. If you watch Game of Thrones, it was just. Uh, I I just want to fucking say again, amazing special effects. You're right. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I'll ever get over that. <laughs> no, they had great special effects in this episode, uh, especially with uh, the the characters that they were using um, and. Uh, with uh, Guerrero, uh, Malik, you know, talking to Guerrero on the phone, saying, you know, you work for me, you're supposed to be by my side, because he got a little taste of being hit. Like he, he, uh, Daisy threw him across the the, the roof with uh, her her quake power, and he freaked out. So he's like wondering why Guerrero wasn't there to protect him. He's like, Guerrero's like, nah, this guy has his skin eat other people's skin, so I'm right where I'm supposed to be working for the right person and stuff. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a little bit of dissension in the ranks there. Malik is going to be like, "Oh crap, I am no longer in control. I need. I'm going to need to get somebody to help me defeat this guy, defeat Demon yeah. Lord." So I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he's going to go to to Coulson and be like, "Hey, I need your team now." <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought him here. <laughs> uh. Cool. Uh, I, I'm, you know, excited to see what else happens the rest of the season. We're going to uh, have to see. I wonder if this is going to be, the, you know, once they finally defeat this character. Oh, I get, you know, I'll, we'll get to it in a second. Once they finally defeat this character, does that mean Brett Dalton, the guy who plays Ward, will not be around anymore? I mean, that's going to be kind of kind of crazy for a char- character that was, or an actor that's been part of the show since the first season to get basically three deaths at this point. And it, and it kind of it plays up the fact that uh, Dalton is a pretty pretty good actor because the first season he plays a character that is uh, super soldier-esque. You know, he's, he's very much by the book and all that stuff. The second season is all about how he really uh, was just playing a role and he's really an evil dude and, and uh, you know, doesn't have any care for the rest of the team. And now he's playing this guy that's... Uh, part that's a demon and, and just wants to suck life out of people. So uh, the dude's actually playing a pretty uh, playing playing up his role really well of being different people. I don't know. I have a feeling that he's still gonna be alive by the end of the season. You're gonna <laughs> think that he's really dead, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt it. Though eventually something might might happen because obviously his body was healed. Uh, once he sucked enough life force out of people, so if they were if they're able to expel this demon out of him, he might end up being alive still. Um, what did you think about the final uh, prophet or prophet, not prophet, but uh, uh, vision that Daisy received from the guy? Of uh, basically, it looked like a Quinjet coming towards Earth. You know. 
re-entering into the atmosphere and burning up and then someone with an, uh, a shield patch on their arm dying. Yeah. I mean... I, shit. I, I mean... Obviously, t- t- they... T- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Sorry. They, they obviously, you know, cut... They put in only the shoulder so that you don't know who it is that's on the ship. It could be just about anybody, but what were you going to say? Okay, so I just want to say... Um, hopefully this doesn't come out stupid, but technically Black Widow's still part of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Oh, yeah. So I, what if this is setting up Planet Hulk? You know, since Black Widow had a little relationship with, uh, you know, with Bruce um, back in, um, in Avengers 2. What if they do end up doing Planet Hulk? She goes out in space to look for him, and she she finds him something terrible happens and she's going back to earth but she doesn't make it wow that's uh that's a pretty good theory i did, i mean i would never i've never put something like that together uh the only thing the only problem i would say with that is that it's it's way too far down the line i think that 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 scene would probably be something that they're going to want to play out either at the end of this season or the beginning of the next season uh, a Planet Hulk movie would probably be like four years down the line at the very least. So it would just be a little right. difficult. I'm just saying. But I like your theory. <laughs> I like where your head's at. And I, I know I've personally told you this before, but just want to throw it out there again for those listeners that haven't heard it. Um, just the way that how the Hulk ended up separating himself from everybody else at the end of uh ultron uh, that that to me says planet hulk right there uh that's not that's not not bad he is inside of a quinjet uh i mean i don't know if the quinjet can actually hit uh you know orbital space or whatever but it it, it's possible he's smart enough that he could do something uh whether or not he he could have been wearing a, a a shield jacket you know and his plane, the plane's coming in out of orbit. So, and he's definitely a person that could Hulk out at the last second and live through that crash. So, yeah, <laughs> good theory. Um, Legends of Tomorrow. The, ooh, I I I enjoyed this episode. I think it was cheesy, but I enjoyed it. This was okay. So this is the episode where. Uh, they went to oh they went to the future and they went up against Predegadon. Well, they didn't go up against them. They, their plan is to to capture capture Predegadon. Uh, one of the funny things is that in the comic books, you know, Predegadon is a is a, a very prominent uh, villain of Rip Hunters and time travel. He's a character that um, is constantly tra- traveling around through time and. Uh, uh, changing the timeline for the worse. He's he's one of the, he's an evil dude. Um, so it was interesting that we saw him as a young child, and and Rip Hunter has the opportunity to kill him. Basically, basically doing the old adage of if you had a time machine and you went back to you know nineteen early nineteen hundreds Austria, would you would you kill uh, uh, Hitler? You know, or would you find Hitler as a baby and kill him? I, I thought you were totally gonna go with uh, with Magneto because we're in comic book talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess that's a that's a choice that you could do too. But obviously, you know, young that's whether or not you find Magneto to be a villain or not. You know, 
Magneto is portray is is written many different ways in many in the in the comic books to the point that when when he does something really bad, uh, they even made up a whole character by the name of Zorn to explain that it wasn't actually Magneto; it was someone else parading to Brown looking like Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's. But, but if you want to play it that way, would you go back and kill a baby Magneto before he could become a uh, mutant terrorist that he eventually becomes? Nah, I wouldn't. But no. Hitler, though, on the other hand. <laughs> well, see, think, See, like... Most people would say... or I mean, not most people. I think uh, that's, that's that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, some people would say, yes, kill a baby Hitler. Some people would say, no, you got to talk to him and teach him and raise him to be not a... a persecuting asshole but you know it's all theory because there's no time travel it it just comes down to that morality you know like and that was one of the common themes in this episode like dude he's a kid you can't do that to a kid but knowing that in five years he's going to cause an explosion that kills uh or he's gonna get an explosion a virus that kills most of the world's population Five years. Yeah. <laughs> and Leonard was like, you know, I'm willing to do it. If you guys can't muster up the courage to do it, I'll do it. That's true. The, our resident villain in on the ship is, is very much, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll kill the kid. So it was, it was yeah. interesting. I mean, there was a few times when Canary had her uh, sights on the kid and could have done it herself, too. And she chose not to. She did choose not to. Um, it, I mean, obviously, we have a very split ship on what to do. I mean, you have a lot of good, a lot of good guys on the ship, and then then the couple of uh, people that walk the line of a good guy and bad bad guy, and then uh, Rip Hunter, who just wants to basically save his his wife and kid, and whether or not killing Predegadon is going to help that or change that is, is a completely different story. Uh, I think it was funny that at the end. Not not only did they do change the timeline, but they changed it for the worse because uh, they sped it up. His, his Predegadon ends up killing his father five years earlier instead of five yep. years later. That night he ended up doing it. Yeah. So uh, there you go. It's 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 a time master that's walking around, not you know jumping around through the time stream, not doing his job, doing the opposite of a job, and screwing up the time stream, Just screwing up the timeline. So, but and, but finally we got the we got the big uh, fight between Snart and, and Rory. Uh, basically, basically it was funny because everybody was walking into Rory's cage or his uh, pr- little prison cell, and constantly being like, "Look, you need to forgive Snart. You have to forget him, forgive him for what he did. He's your friend, blah blah blah." And eventually, Snart just went there like, "Look." Me and you, we're just going to beat the crap out of each other, and whoever is still standing at the end gets to walk away. <laughs> and Snart knew he didn't stand a chance at all. Oh, he had to. I mean, he might he might have thought that he could probably he might be able to beat Rory with his smarts, but I think he fails to take into account that Rory has now been with the Time Masters for a few lifetimes. He even says he says that he died and they brought him back to life. And to the point that he's smarter, he's a better bounty hunter, he's a better fighter, he's a better warrior. Uh, so I don't think he took that into account, but he still, Snart still got in a few good licks. But uh, yeah. yeah, Rory's still a much bigger man and, and put him down. 
but he doesn't kill him at the end. That and that's something I really respected. And he's like, you know, he's like me and you. He's like, you know, we have a history, we have a past. He's like, you know, it's just wouldn't be right, wouldn't be fair. Yeah, and so he, uh, you know, with his uh, parting words, he tells the guys uh, they give he gives them a little bit of information. Yeah, it's know? terrifying information. <laughs> well, what was it? So they ask him, like, so, you know, with your time with the Time Masters, what do you recommend we do to take him down? He's like, you don't. You just run. Yep. That's, you know, it's just get out of their way or, you know, get as far away as you can. Uh, does he leave the ship after that? It wasn't clear. I don't think it was clear. So I don't know. I wonder if we have Heat Wave back on the team or if uh, – He's going to continue being Kronos. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, he could don, don the armor and still use his heat wave gun. That's true. I mean, he never really looked like the heat wave from the comic book anyways with the, the white outfit and the um, uh, heat goggles and the, and the uh, uh, utility belt. But he did have the goggles for the most part. Yeah. So, uh, but I think that's, I mean, that's, that's all I have to say about that episode. I did like this episode in compared to other episodes of the season. Uh, so far there's only been a, I'd say about a handful that have been actually good. Uh, I think is the next one Jonah Hex. Yeah, it looks like it. So we have that to look forward to, whatever that means. (laughs) So, so hold on just really quickly. Love triangle question mark between who oh wait between who uh shaira um carter hall and um oh god and ray palmer well i mean yeah obviously it's unfortunate that one part of that triangle <laughs> is not there he's dead ray palmer has to compete with the dead man <laughs> and and you know it's just unfair i mean but we talked about this before i mean she has even though she doesn't have this history, she does have this history. Like she has, Shaira has this lifetimes of history with Carter Hall, whereas Kendra does not. So I think it's the Kendra part that kind of fell in love with uh, Ray Palmer, whereas the Shaira part is still learning, like uh, longing for Carter Hall. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I can only imagine they're gonna find another Cutter Hall down down the line somewhere. Uh, it's funny that we did get to see the younger version of Aldis, though their son from that we yeah. saw from the first first episode um, and died and died. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, we got to see who, who uh, you know who who they were when he they were his parents. Um, did it look like in the paperwork? that they had for their new lives that they didn't look like the people in the pictures. I noticed that too. I think what it is, is that the only reason that like they basically are having people, they're having the actors play the roles because it's the actors that we know. But I think we're supposed to take away from that is that they don't look the same in every life. They, they reincarnate into. Oh, I understand. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But but Vandal will always look the same though, no matter well, what. Well, yeah, because he's not reincarnating. He's basi- he's he's literally immortal. Oh, uh, that's true cuz he's sucking the life force from Kendra <laughs> and, and Carter. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um Yeah. 
All right. Anything else you want to talk about this episode? No, pretty much it. Okay, we're at the we're close to the one hour mark, and we're going to be talking about the Walking Dead finale, season finale. Dude, <laughs> I mean, there's really only one thing to talk about. It's it's the Saviors and Negan, Negan and the Saviors. Uh, yeah. How how were you during this episode? Because I have to tell you this. I was sweating. Like, I was just drenching sweat because I was so uh, nervous, anxious, uh, worried. I don't know. Like, I was on the edge of my seat the whole episode and just contemplating what was going to happen. I I was anxious the whole episode, too. I did not know what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty incredible. Uh, so the first start of the episode is, you know, uh, Rick and the, some of the, the, the rest of the people that are left at, at, uh, Alexandria getting, uh, the RV ready basically to take Maggie to Hilltop so that, uh, she can get the medical attention that she needs from the, uh, obstetrician that's up there. And, um, it's funny is that they say that Hilltop's what, 20, 24? Four miles, I think, or something like that. It basically says that it's, it should only take you uh, twenty-four minutes or something. I don't remember. It, it shouldn't take a long time, basically, to get there. But the first route they take, uh, well, before they even do that, when they're about to leave, um, what's uh, Deanna's son's name? Oh, dude, I forgot his name. <laughs> Whatever his name is, he's like, hey, if. Uh, Negan's and his saviors, they show up here. Should we uh, negotiate? Just, you know, tell them, you know, give them what they want or what? And cocky-ass Rick, who's, you know, had some success for the last for the last year. Like, basically, no no real encounters for the last year. It's just like, oh, I guess that's not true. They just had the wolves and stuff like that. But he's been, he's been, he's cocky. He's just like, tell them to wait around. I'll negotiate with him, you know, kind of thing. It's it was so ridiculous. And then, uh, of course, as soon as they they're making their way down the road, and uh, you just see a dude getting his ass beat by the saviors, he pulls him out into the road. And oh, the leader of this little group, which I didn't know, and you were the one to inform me, was dude. I was so excited when I saw him. Um, his name is Steve Og or Oog. Uh, but he voiced for Trevor in GTA Five, and he looks a lot like like they 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 uh, designed the character to look like him too. Yeah. So that and was... oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying that's that was a, a little cool. Probably, I mean, a lot of people are are fans of that game. I just particularly don't play it, so I didn't know. But you know, I imagine a lot of people noticed that and were like, "Oh man, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome." Yeah, and um, back, I want to say maybe in November or December when uh, everybody's like, who's going to be Negan? Who's going to be Negan? On his Instagram, he's like, oh, he's all, thank you, Walking Dead crew, for uh, having me here in, in um, Atlanta. He's like, it's beautiful. He's like, I'm really glad I got this opportunity. So a lot of the fans on his Instagram page were like, oh, my God, are you Negan? Please tell me you're Negan. <laughs> wow. I, I, see, I didn't even know all about that. But, yeah, he. I mean – He's not Negan, but he's probably the damn near closest to being a right-hand man to Negan. Yeah, it seemed like. Holy shit. He was, oh, man. So, yeah, he's beating the hell out of that guy who 
Uh, he calls the librarian, and I think we later on when we have our secondary story of uh, Morgan and Carol uh, holding up in a library or near a library uh, that you see people being hung from and uh, other walkers being trapped inside. Uh, I think you, it's safe to say that the saviors just came from there and they killed everybody that was there and they're using this one last survivor as a... Uh, basically as a, a as a line in the sand like to the point where they draw a line on him with spray paint saying you're going to need to cross this line to get to where you want to get to and every time he encounters them he's like yeah you got some place you need to get to you need to get there <laughs> you know and, and he tells him too he's like well luckily there's you know different routes you can take to get there <laughs> yes exactly so as they keep moving further down the line like they keep looking at the map and they're like okay if we go north more we can take another route that will get us to the hilltop and if you go you know they keep going further and further and further north uh i but every time they get there uh they get to a point on that road uh, the saviors are there, and their numbers are getting bigger every time, and it's it's very daunting for Rick and his group. Yeah, Oof. I would have said. I, I... <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to say I thought after the second time, or the the second or third time, if you get to a point where they're they're there, instead of going further north, they should have doubled back to the first road. And, they, and I doubt. I mean, I would. I would think that maybe they could have got through that way because obviously they kept going further north, also. But then again, they were probably watching them every step of the way. But I would have, yeah. it would have been funny if they went back to that first road and they were like, "Oh, there's no way they're going to double back." <laughs> yeah. And I just want to say, Carl was fucking ballsy too when he's like, "Hey, you know, he's all let's take him out now, let's fight." Yeah, it's true. Uh, but I mean, obviously, Rick knew they had the numbers. There was nothing. Plus, they couldn't see uh, the, out of you know the side of the road where all the trees are on the uh, on the tree tree line and stuff. And eventually, that comes to a point where you know there's the the big log uh, road closure that they set on fire, and everybody, they start shooting at the, the the RV from the sides, and they had them. They had them dead to rights. All the way up to the end where they eventually get to the point where, uh, you know, Negan is waiting for them. Yeah. And I want to say um, that bromance, man, that Eugene had going. Oh, God, that actually got to me. Oh, like, oh, and he's like, he, he he's basically standing up to, to Abraham kind of thing or. Yeah, when he's standing up to Abraham and then he's just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. He's all, I'm not going to be a coward anymore. I'm going to drive the RV. He's all, you guys just walk. I'm going to take it. Don't care. Yeah, but then <laughs> whatever happened, he did, He wasn't too successful because they were able to get him out of that RV. Didn't get too far. <laughs> he didn't get too far. Um, now, the whole time you're sitting there and, you know, skipping the forward a little bit, you got, you got the whole group, even sick-ass, like... Maggie, who's probably having a, a baby die inside of her. Sorry for viewers that, you know, have to listen to that. But, or listeners that had to listen to that. But, you know, uh, uh, Daryl, that's half that's been shot. And uh, I think Glenn looked a little weak, too. But they, you know, they're all lined up. And you're just sitting there like, I, at least for me, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, 
in my head who who's left who can come save them who's the person that's going to come riding up right now and i'm thinking no morgan and carol are 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 stuck you know carol's dying and morgan is talking to people that are wearing hockey pads as fucking armor to uh and riding on horses to be like hey i need your help to save her yeah and i mean obviously daryl's captured and usually he he rescues everybody um if it's not carol so obviously you know that we can't have that happen right exactly so i I mean and i know i know that this has been coming i know just like everybody else that uh what what has happened in the comic books because i know i'm not and i'm not saying anything about you because i've i've had other people tell me and I, i know other people uh have let it let it slip but everybody i think for the most part everybody knows that uh glenn dies in the comic book at this point this is where negan takes a base late takes lucille and just bashes his skull in to the point that his eyeball comes flying out you know uh yep. so everybody's expecting something to happen here and and whether it's glenn or not it's it's fu- it's fucking nerve-wracking that that cameraman took it like a champ, man. <laughs> so then that's when we get to this. We get to that point where Negan is playing his game of eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and we see him point to each and every individual person in the in the group, and then eventually uh, the camera spins around. Instead of being POV of the bat, we see POV of the victims, and we have no more idea anymore of who it is that he could be pointing at, and eventually he settles on... Uh, one person, and he starts wailing on him with the bat, and he's uh, he's just like, uh, you hear you hear a couple you hear a couple thuds, and then oh you're 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 getting back up a little brave and stuff, and then bam 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 you know, done. It's that was, that was a little creepy, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 apparently been something that's been very unsatisfying for a lot of the viewers. That we didn't get to know who it was exactly that got killed. Not until the opening episode of the next season. And, you know, from, obviously from, from a, uh, crap, uh, from a studio or from a network stand, uh, point uh, point of view, of course they're going to leave us in suspense so we can watch the, you know, season premiere. And I can guarantee once we watch the season seven premiere, they're not going to cover it in that season. I feel like they're going to let us wait maybe two or three more episodes until we find out who was the victim. That could, you know, that could definitely be it. You, you'll, you might even get like fucking uh, episodes. It will be like a couple days after the event and we won't see everybody. We'll just see like a few of the people and then every episode another person will come in to the episode and we'll be like, oh, it wasn't them. And they'll show us a little bit more of a, a flashback and then they'll be, oh, it wasn't that person. And then eventually four episodes, five episodes down the line will be like, they'll show us the actual scene of what happened. whoever it was getting their face bashed in. And I'm pretty sure somebody's going to try to bring it up and the members are just like, nope, don't want to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. It happened. It was terrible. Yeah, you're right. Let's move on. That's exactly how it could play out. And and more power to the network to do that, to, to drag it out, because it will keep people watching. Uh, at some point, if you do it too long, though, it might it might upset people and they'll they'll turn it off. But uh, I think it, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a very a very good play for them. 
So, I, I mean, you know, we've constantly been talking through text after episode after episode. Who do you think, you know, was the lucky victim to meet Lucille? Uh, honestly, I think it could be one of two people. Or I, it, obviously, it's one of two people. Um, and I've told, I've said this in, in, our, in our podcast uh, for uh, most of this season or most of the second half of the season that... I don't think it will be anybody in the main group, meaning Carol, Daryl, Maggie, Carl, Rick, or Michonne. Uh, so we know it's not Carol because she's not there. It's not Morgan because he's not there. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's Daryl because Daryl was already shot. And I don't think that he would have taken two blows from the bat and then got back up, like braved back up. Uh, same with Maggie and 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 Glenn, because I think they were both pretty hurt. Um, it could be Eugene, it could be, but I don't think that he would have done that. So honestly, I think the I think the fair game is that it could be Abraham, because he was already trying to puff his chest up to Negan. It, while he was on his knees, yeah, but, he uh, he was trying to be a macho man. He was trying to be a macho man, and I think the funniest—I thought the funniest line was that right after he does that, Negan kind of just looks at him and he says, "Man, I really need to shave this shit," and like you know, shave <laughs> himself because he doesn't. He's like basically implying I don't want to look as terrible as Abraham with his dumb mustache. Uh, <laughs> but the person I really think it was is I think it's Aaron. Um. To me, he is very much the the red shirt of this group. Um, other than when he first came to find the group and bring them to Alexandria, he hasn't had much screen time up until up until a few episodes ago when him and Maggie were in the sewer, and then he didn't have any episodes again. And then all of a sudden, when Maggie was sick, he just comes up and says, "Oh, I owe her. I need I need to go with you guys." So now he's there. And he doesn't really like have a part to play. You know what I mean? Right. So I think he's he's rife for being the red shirt, and by red shirt I'm referring to Star Trek. For those who don't know, to that you know the red, the one red, nameless red shirt that goes away goes on the away team with the rest of the crew, and surprise, surprise, he's the one that dies. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfortunate because Ross McQuan is is a pretty awesome actor, and if if you've watched him on Talking Dead those last past year, he gets on there and he does his little uh, his impressions, and he's incredible with his impressions. His Liam Neeson is awesome. <laughs> his, his Jason Statham is awesome. Oh, I need to see that one. Then I haven't seen it. Oh yes, watch him do his Jason Statham. It's it's incredible. Uh, how about yourself? Do you have a particular theory on who it is? You know, just from uh, my viewing, uh, you know, point, I, I still want to say, I still want to say, even though you did point out that, you know, Daryl got shot, so he probably wouldn't, you know, have gone back up on his feet. Uh-huh. I, I still feel that it actually might be Daryl because, I mean, um, up until the point where um, uh, Denise got killed, there was no character development for him. He was, we didn't really see that much uh, screen time for him either. He was just, just a few scenes. 
You're right. You're you're incredibly right. There wasn't a lot of uh, Norman Reedus in this second half of the season. Uh, there was the 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 cool little uh, road trip episode with him and Rick, and then there was the stuff that between him and and uh, Jesus and stuff. But yeah, he's not getting a lot of screen time. He wasn't getting a lot of story time. Uh, and and I know you've been pushing for Daryl to be the one that dies, <laughs> or at least no. your evident your the what you've been showing is is very evidently that it could be the fact that Daryl's the one that gets killed. So uh, it, it's up there. It's very much up there as a possibility. And I mean, I love Norman Reedus. I think he's talented. I think he's fucking awesome. Um, but I mean, just from from um, watching commercials because I I did see the season finale live. Just from watching commercials, you know they're they're giving him his own you know reality TV series you know <laughs> on the road on the road with Norman Reedus or riding with Norman Reedus. Uh, to me, that says okay, he's probably done with Walking Dead, and he still has a contract with AMC. So they're like, hey, you like motorcycles? You know, it would be pretty cool if we gave you you know a show to until your contract ends. <laughs> I didn't even think of it that way. I I mean, I saw that he had this new reality show, but. Reality shows, like especially a show like that, isn't going to take as much time to film or production as a scripted show does. Because you know, on The Walking Dead, they're they're filming uh, six days out of the week, and uh, you know, twelve to fourteen hour days of just back to back to back to back, episode after episode. So uh, that takes up a lot of time. Whereas this reality show is done on his off time during the off season of not shooting, but. You're right. That could very much be a, a, a studio or a network decision of like we he's under contract. We don't want to waste this money, but uh, he's his his character's dying, so throw him on this uh, reality show. Uh, you, I didn't even think about that. So that's that's very that's very cool of you. Um, and it, it could it could be you know it's a very interesting. So if you go to comicbook.com, uh, and this is anybody that wants to go there. For the last uh, week or so, well, basically since the episode aired, I think, or maybe a couple days after the episode, each day they have done a different article which su- with with supporting evidence of of why it has to be that person that died. I think earlier today was Rosita, and it's it, the article headline says why it had to have been Rosita that died at that Negan's uh, uh, bat or, or died at Lucille. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The first day was, I believe, was I believe Glenn that they did, and, and and they they go through the evidence, which is pretty cool. So it's uh it's each day they're doing a different person. So it's interesting if anybody wants to go read that. I think I might jump on that. <laughs> Give it a go. Uh, I, the only other thing was like I just wanted to talk about those these these uh, knights, these people that are riding around in horses and, and wearing armor. When I saw the guy in the fucking hockey pads or whatever that that armor was that he was wearing, I just wanted I just wanted to throw something at the TV because I literally thought that they were going to be wearing like maybe not like full on fucking uh, full plate mail like like knights and stuff, but I thought maybe we're going to have some chain mail on or something or you know maybe a few scale mail shirts or something something to make it look better, but. The hockey pads that that's not going to stop anything. Hockey, well, you got to think about it this way: in the apocalypse, you don't have as much mobility in case you're in a sticky situation as possible. So that will still provide 
some protection, and you can still move. Uh, yeah, you're right. I understand that, but I mean, it's not going to stop a bullet. That's true. It's not going <laughs> to stop. A, it's not going to stop a knife. Chainmail is probably not going to. It's not going to stop a bullet either. Uh, but I think you can get away with it. From it, it will definitely stop. Uh, someone slicing you with a knife. So, I mean, it depends on what you're protecting from. The the hockey pads will probably protect you from a a, a bite a, walk, a walker's bite, but uh, so will chainmail. Right. So, but um, I mean, just from what my friends have told me, I know what's coming next. Uh, like who they belong to and what's going to happen. And if the network pulls it off, it's going to be fucking awesome. Well, uh, I you know I can't wait I can't wait to see it then. So uh, now we're going to be transitioning onto the fear of the Walking Dead. Are you uh, stoked about watching seeing the fate of this other crew, this other uh, group of people that are trying to survive the very beginning of the zombie apocalypse? Yeah, and to and as completely horrible as it sounds, I actually want to hear more of that horrible. Wisdom from the old Mexican guy, <laughs> Mr. Ruben, the actor Ruben Blades, as he portrays uh, <laughs> uh, the the ex fucking torturer. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I can't I can't wait to to get more episodes of that in, and we'll have to, we'll we'll be discussing it now. I think it's supposed to be basically the difference between the, the difference between the two shows is two to three years, right? Right. Wait, actually, right now, um, I was watching this article, or I'm mean, sorry, I was watching this video on YouTube of uh, evidence of when, or how many humans are remaining on the in the world now after the zombie apocalypse. They said it was two and a half years. Um, that's where season six is currently at right now. Two and a half years of two, the zombie apocalypse, which makes sense if you think of Judith as being a two two and a half year old or two year old. You know her her having to be nine months or nine months in gestation and then uh, being born. So yeah, there you go. That's the good way of thinking about it. If if you believe that Judith is Rick's daughter or <laughs> if you think she's Shane's daughter, still you know that's where you're going to be in about two and a half years. So shit, you know Rick was in a coma at this point. Yeah, that's right. Rick, Rick is already in a coma, so uh, you know we'll we'll see if they the two groups ever meet up. Uh, Daniel, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying we'll see. You know if um, they do any big time time jumps, you know, on the show too. That that could definitely happen. I don't see why they would they, they couldn't, but uh, I really hope they don't. I hope they keep because uh, I want to see more of of what happens within the first uh, you know year of the of the zombie apocalypse. Well, not even a year, first couple months because Rick was already probably it was what 3 months in to the zombie apocalypse when he woke up from his coma. I want to say that's probably really accurate. Yeah. So there you go. Uh anything else you want to say about any of these shows? No. Okay, good. We're I think, just gonna have to wait until October. I think we uh, we got a full plate coming up this next week. We have uh, Gotham, Supergirl back. Uh, no Flash, no Arrow, but uh, another episode of Legions of Legends of Tomorrow, and uh, another Marvel Agents of Shield episode, and then a Fear of the Walking Dead to talk about. So get your 
Utensils ready because we got a full plate. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you want to talk to one of us, we are I am at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. Daniel is Daniel Von Helvet at Twitter. On yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, on then, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio. Um if we, I mean, we most of our conversations are had on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. Uh, you're more than willing to come there. Talk to the other fans of these shows. You know, Throw around your theories. Throw around what you uh, noticed in the episodes. What kind of things do you hope to see? Uh, do you have uh, an idea of what, what could possibly be happening on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> uh, we want to know. Do you have a theory about who, who it is that, that Negan and Lucille killed? We want to know. Go ahead and, and, and go, go to uh, Facebook.com and, and, uh, and, and spread, spread, spread it around. And we also want to know if you're as angry as us with, you know, having Black Canary killed off. <laughs> that's, that's very true. So uh, we also have GeeklyRadio.com is our website where we have archived episodes of our past podcasts. So make sure you check that out. But I just want to say that this has been Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, until next time, always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.